talk about it. Golf talk. We've got three to go, including this one. And Masters is, uh, conveniently enough, three days away. Uh, two days or one by the time you listen to this. And I think it's it's time to continue to to dive into some of the uh, the betting lines that have uh, been moving around in the past twenty four hours. Yeah, what have you noticed on that front? I've noticed what you've shared with me over our group chat, which would be the the lines that you bet um, all moved in the you know the direction of. Uh, uh, I guess good uh, for for you because you've bet the you've already made the bet and you've you've locked in value because it's moved the lines move better or worse depending on your on your uh, depending on your perspective. Yeah, like for not, me, not good for our listeners. Not good for Zach. Anyone it's not good for it's not the wheel. Yeah, it's bad for everybody except for you because you yeah. made the bet. Yeah, that's well. That's what you do is you see bets and you make them. That's one of uh, I was taught that at a young age. You did tweet this out though, right? You did tweet out some bets. Oh yeah, tweeted them on the spot. Okay. Yeah, there's public record. So it's possible that your your tweets were the the, the sort of the the instigator of the the line moves. Uh, yeah, or my actual bets themselves. Like I said, I as soon as I put ten dollars on Matsuyama, forty to one, it moved to thirty-seven and a half to one. So you. Well, do I don't think that there. the dollar amount. I don't think the dollar amount of your wagers. At is it five dimes? Yeah. I don't think the I don't think the dollar amount is is relevant. I think it's more of the fact that you have an opinion. Five dimes knows who you are. And you are recognized as a key player in the business. Yeah, exactly. It's a reputation thing. As soon as my account, like I'm red flagged. Red flagged. As soon as they see me coming in hot and heavy on Hideki, they bump that shit up. They get scared and bump that shit up. They feel like they're exposed. Somebody went hot and heavy on Jordan Spieth uh, somewhere. I don't, I can't. I can't recall which sports book this was at, but the line on him was twenty to one, and then someone made a six thousand dollar wager. I just saw a tweet. This could all be fake news, as far as I know. And now yeah. he's at sixteen to one. That's a bad wager. It's it's a really bad wager. It, yeah, I, honestly. So I'm looking at like the matchups that come out now, and the juiciest matchups look like betting against Spieth, all the way down the list. Like what I see offered is. Uh, Casey over Spieth, Kepka over Spieth, Fleetwood over Spieth, and Molinari over Spieth. And I'm like, any of those guys minus 120 or better, like, they're all squarely way better than Spieth. Um, and it's like seemingly just this reputation thing and just this allure of like him doing well at the Masters. And there's last year where he came in not playing well and did well at the Masters, but he like hasn't done well since like that that's way more of a fluke than a trend but somehow he played okay last week didn't he didn't he he play okay last week at the valero 30th at the valero and there's like four golfers in that field that are good enough to be like yeah no i don't he had some good rounds but 
He finished 30th, and that was his highest place of the year? I mean, it's pretty bad, dude. Yeah, I, I, I think we can all agree, all two of us, we can all agree that it, he's just not very good. And 20 to 1 is a pretty bad bet, let alone 16 to 1. Yeah, interesting. What? Enough, uh, what? What do you? What? What? No, I was just gonna sort of segue into um, daily fantasy. I mean, we've, we, you know, there there may be a variety of listeners out there who, who some like to hear about the gambling takes, um, but but daily fantasy isn't gambling. I'd like to I'd like to talk about some picks for your uh, your fantasy. Your fantasy golf lineups at maybe like a DraftKings.com. What kind of picks? Are we, are we ready for that? Mid-range, bottom barrel, elite, sleepers. Oh, oh, okay, we're doing categories? I mean, I don't really think I need categories. I just want to know, let's say I'm, I'm going to make one lineup into the Millionaire Maker. Yeah. Who are you, who are you popping into that one magical lineup what we're we gonna give away the golden lineup on the pod mm-hmm. yeah okay um i'm not sure if the salaries fit but like right off the bat i'm going matsuyama Cantley. lock them in i really like this strategy i don't know it to me i'm looking at dropping down and rostering justin thomas as my highest priced golfer like i will have some dj and I'm curious to see ownerships between Rory and DJ, but to pay a thousand less for JT, like he is a notch below DJ, but I, I like, it just feels like the sweet spot. Um, and also you're kind of taking advantage of this course history thing that is a little, in my opinion, overblown here. I mean, His course he, history being that he hasn't done better than uh, 17th, right? Yeah, he's got a 17, a 22, and a 39. And he's like, I mean, it's, he's just getting started, though. That's the thing. Like, I don't know. So Data Golf put out an article today or yesterday about uh, how important is experience at Augusta National. And they have a big chart that says experience is important to the tune of, like, 0.2, 0.3 strokes per round. Um and I don't necessarily disagree, but there's a lot of holes in like what they presented. I mean, uh, who who is it? Is this Golf Digest? Who's Data, the Data Golf? The the Kings. Data Golf. Yeah. God, okay, sorry. Okay, so JT Cantlay Matsuyama. That's half of the six. Uh, who's your fourth uh, fourth guy? Oh, you're right. I, I tried to segue there into talking about the data golf article, but I forgot we hadn't given away the rest of the lineup yet. Okay, we can come back to the data golf article. All right, let's do that. Well, let's see what uh, um, we go. Let me guess. Like a GPP lineup. Let me guess. Or? So let me just get it's it's a millionaire maker. I don't know if you call it a yeah. GPP, if you call it a cash game, and some people call it a cash game. Some people call that a a contest. I'm going to guess that your fourth, and then this is in no particular order, I suppose, but I'm going to guess your next golfer is Keegan Bradley. I mean, I can fox with some Keegan. 
Okay. I just I just clicked on the the yeah. plus button next to his name. And you can probably slam like Woodland Stenson in there, or something like that. Oh. Like to finish. That sounds it off. like music music to my ears. Do we even need to? That does leave thirteen hundred on the table. Is that the right oh, amount? That, that leaves thirteen hundred. Oh, so mm -hmm. this is you can pick between Woodland and Stenson and slam like Molinari in there. Honestly, Molinari and Woodland and Stenson are not that far apart. I mean, pick two out of the three. I'm not gonna necessarily. There's, yeah, leaving a thirteen hundred on the table is a little bit unnecessary. You're fine leaving like five hundred on the table. Um, but that's they're all playable lineups. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the game theory there. I think there's always room for that on this on this show. Uh, but yeah, so I've now now we got a, a three hundred remaining dollars, and uh, we've got uh, Matsuyama, Cantlay, JT, Bradley, Woodland, Molinari. If you play any of those three lineups, you will be duplicated um, because I'm gonna make Zach play them. Yeah, I just clicked the button. I entered it. It's entered. Nice. All right. Well, that's our work is done here. I mean, I don't. I guess yeah, we I could just uh, this, like, stop recording then. If we you just finished out, the, like, if just... you wanted to trade out like uh, any one of those last three guys, those last two guys for like a Keith Mitchell or like a Emiliano Grigio, then you really get into some beef where you could jump up and like also roster like a Fleetwood or a Bryson or a Kepka maybe even you might I don't know if you reach Kepka instead of Molinari and like really really fucking slam it in there with like uh Matsuyama JT Bryson combo lineup Matsuyama JT Fleetwood combo lineup how many let's say you're making 20 lineups for the masters how many dustin johnsons are you are you going with oh that's a good question i mean uh right now i'd have to say f no less than five out of 20 um i have to look at the ownerships to just see like uh 10 10 or you know so five to ten um okay How many are you doing? What? How many Dustin Johnsons are you going to play out of your 20? Probably whatever you tell me to do. Is that collusion? I don't think so, because you're not playing. Good point. Wow. All right, so I'm like, yeah. Wow, this is interesting. I don't know if I believe this. I'm looking at a, a private... Uh, subscription only ownership service and I just don't know if I believe the ownerships that are on there right now they seem all kind of low who's who's the top owned the uh, player uh, well I don't want to break any non-disclosure agreements but um oh did they make you sign an NDA okay the top that's impressive you guys are like Rory, John Rom, Kucher. But they're not really the so it's not about the top of you guys, like nobody's coming in more than like twenty, low twenties. 
I can you give me the the golfer's birthplace, and then I can I can figure that out on, on my own and without you breaking the rules? Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Okay, that's the that's the top. Uh, no, I I didn't. That's the make top. That up. Just you just made, made that, that up. up. Okay, here I am furiously <laughs> typing Tuscaloosa into my browser. <laughs> oh, um. I'll, let's see, how do we do this? He's um, not a fan of Mexicans. Oh, that's like 90% of the tour. Shit. I don't, we might have to bleep that out. Um, he is... <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'm going to go to prison one way or another if this continues. <laughs> okay. Let's let's go ahead and move on. I feel like this is a touchy subject for you. Let's yeah, let's let's meander yeah, away is, from this. This is private information. It's yeah. not really mine to disseminate. We've done it before, but apparently this one is is uh, out of bounds. Hey, it's the Masters. Um, Everybody's watching. Another fun storyline for the week would be the fact that the pressure is on. I feel like I'm, I might have just stolen that from from Golf Digest. Uh, that's that's what they say. The pressure is on for so many of these golfers who haven't won the Masters before. We're talking all of the big names uh, like Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, Fowler. Although I think we can all agree Fowler is kind of a joke, I but people like Fowler. So, like, I, I mean, if you're a golf writer out there, like I was looking at the articles today, and one of them was like, "Will Fowler win his first Masters?" Like, and it's like. <laughs> I mean, that's been, like, it's like a stock article that people have written for, like, all the majors for the past, like, ten years. He could, what's stupid, though, is he he could win it. It's not ridiculous to think that he couldn't win that. But so could, like, 12 other guys. It's like, but the article is always like, will Ricky Fowler get his first? Like, what about Matsuyama? That's That's my battle cry. Perpetually. Aren't there, aren't there more than twelve guys who could win it this year? Don't you think that that field of, of potential winners could be as high as maybe like thirty? Oh yeah, dude, you're talking to someone who put a dollar on Keith Mitchell. So at least thirty, forty, ha- over half the field is eligible really to win this. So, so Fowler winning it would not be a stretch. No, that's the thing about Fowler. People were like last week. It was like. I thought you said Fowler suck. No, he doesn't suck. He's just overrated. Like he's very capable of winning the tournament, but he should be like a thousand bucks cheaper. He should be like, you know, a good chunk lower on the on the odds to win. I saw another stats today that only three number one ranked players have have won the Masters. Yeah. Can you name those those three guys? No, Tiger Woods. Well, I'm sure you, I mean, you okay. That's one. Um. Yeah, the other two. Uh, Ian Woosnam. Well, yeah, of course, and um. Jose Maria Olafable. Yeah, is that a? Yeah? Honestly, I forget who the number who I I honestly don't remember who the third one is. I didn't memorize this article very well. But it wasn't, uh, I don't think it was him. Anyways, um, what else do you have? I don't, I'm out of, I'm out of, uh, 
I'm fresh out of talking points. Uh, that's not true. I've got one more talking point. Well, I mean, what's really interesting, I tried to tell you, is this narrative, narrative street, of the experience level of Augusta National. Yeah, you did. So let's go back to the Data Golf article. The Data Golf article, I mean, they got this whole chart, and it's like, oh, yeah, if you've played in the Masters, like, five to ten times, you're going to average, like, 0.2, 0.3 strokes better than guys who are, like, really old or guys who have only played a couple of times. But, and I don't disagree. And they've corrected for a couple of the obvious pitfalls of, like, what could account for that. Like, obviously, guys who have played in the Masters eight times are probably pretty good at golf. Like, you know? Um, yeah. It's still – it's just kind of a mess. Um, I just – I don't know what you do with that. First of all, that's the thing is I don't know what you do with it because it's factored into, like, the odds and the salaries and everything. Um, is it? Yeah, big time. That's like you see guys like uh, Gary Woodland, like with significantly decreased odds compared to what his odds would be like at the U.S. Open. Um, it's because he's played here poorly, is one thing. But you know what? I guess he's got six. Eh. What about John Rahm? He's played only played here like twice or three times, right? Yeah, twice. But he finished fourth last year. I mean, that's something, it's a mess, dude. It's a mess. Like, I don't know what you really do yeah. with it. Okay, well, the there's always the outlier. Falls into that bracket. So you're really looking at, like... The thing that's interesting to me is it shows that the guys who have played zero years really play almost exactly to their expected average. So, like, no penalty there. There's, like, an outlier where if you played in one Masters, that you do, like a good chunk poorer, but, I mean, that's just a small bucket of, like, oh, guys who have played in exactly in their second Masters. Like, don't play a guy who's playing in his second Masters. Like, what do you do with that? It's bullshit. And then I think, didn't Danny Willett win it in his second Masters? I mean, it's an anecdote, but... Okay, here's my thing. All right, let's get to the point. All this is in the past, man. Like, they're measuring the past, and it's based on the presupposition that the future will repeat what's happened in the past. And what I see is a revolution in the game of golf where this effect can be attributed basically to two things. One of them is like knowledge of the course, like don't hit it too far to like back left on that hole, Sonny, or you'll make triple bogey because you don't, it's deceptive how fast the green rolls from back there and only a veteran masters expert would know that. And then there's the aspect of oh my god, it's the Masters, and I'm going to basically just have a panic attack on the first hole and shoot 85 because of some kind of, like, pressure. Um, and I think there's some validity to both of those things, but what I see going forward is a golf culture where these guys have course knowledge. Um, they're not, yeah, you can't go out and play the Masters anytime you want, but, like, the caddies talk like it's out there like these guys are doing their research for weeks and months ahead of time they're getting in what they can it's very slight if anything that you've played here eight years before or whatever they've got um really really strong knowledge of that you saw bryson come out and he knew the course like an ace playing it as a rookie <clears throat> like the information's out there you can get it yardage books and that's stuff. what i was saying uh, the other day is, is you can you can play this the course on a, on a simulator and, and i mean obviously the, it doesn't recreate it Perfectly, but it gives you a 
some idea. Yeah, and you can figure out, like, oh, if you're in the bunker with a downhill slope and a pin on the near side, you're not getting anywhere close to the hole. That's the same as any golf course. It's maybe a little bit exaggerated here. So toss that, man, toss that. It's not 1980 where it's, like, a, a big mystery. Um, so we're on the same page there. The other one is the whole nerves thing. It's a cool story. Everyone loves that story in sports where it's this X factor of like grit and steel and determination. And, but like I said, they've all got, again, it's not 1980 where they're out there shaking in their boots. They all are working heavily with sports psychologists, doing meditation practices, doing things like this that, um, yeah, especially the young golfers. You look at a guy like Willett come out there and he's got all the 15th club information and he... He won the damn thing. Like, no big deal. It's The game's changing. So toss all that. Play Gary Woodland. Thank me later. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. The, uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. I, wanna, I really feel like it was um, maybe a little more entertaining the other day when we were arguing back and forth about this or that. And I feel like this, this is, this, on, the, on this episode, we're more of uh, just kind of agreeing with each other. Um, but, I'm, but I'm okay with that, too. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not bad. Let's just agree um, to agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, I do. I mean, I like your Gary Woodland idea. It's. I hope no one else is using him this week. I feel like he'll get some, some moderate attention, but he'll still probably be very underowned if we're talking uh, sites like DraftKings. Yeah. Let's take. Let's spend a second. The Masters. What's is that? that? The field is like effectively like 65 guys. I don't know. There's like 85, but 20 of them are just trash. They're amateurs or retired guys. And so there's, and then there's like another five or 10 guys that won one tournament a year ago and have not made a cut since. And so you're really, it's really a short field. So you're not getting like 1% owned golfers in this field, but you get somebody between five and 10% owned and it's a, that's your leverage plays here. Well, when when you say you're not going to get, you know, okay, among the people who can po- possibly win the event, you're saying you're not going to get the the low ownership. Yeah, you're, you know, you want to get a one percent owned guy. It's going to be either somebody who's missed like ninety percent of their cuts recently, or a guy who is an amateur or doesn't play professional golf anymore. Right, Sandy or Lyle. VJ Singh. I guess VJ Singh. He'll probably he's he plays professional golf still, and yeah. Yep. So be happy. If he's you get he's a got a top ten this year. Ten percent, five percent on guy. Be happy. And leave some money on the table. I want to shift gears over to FanDuel. They're running a promo that I think I've tried to share this with you, but I don't know if we've talked about this at all. But the uh, the Tiger Woods promo, where if Tiger Woods wins the the Masters, everybody in the contest gets a refund. Oh, really? Well, it's basically. Well, this is juice. news to you. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't follow okay. DFS generally. That's basically free juice, right? Juice free when you when you yeah when you when you water it down yeah the odds of him uh, winning. A little less. I mean, what's his percentage of winning? Is like. He's probably more like a six percent chance of winning or something. So yeah, I would, I would put him in the realm of juice. five to six, factoring reduced, in the vid. It's just reduced juice. <laughs> reduced juice, yeah. Yeah. 
It's like the old nickel dime, uh, nickel line when you're betting uh, or baseball. And for which contest is that? Um, it's their main their main contest. Uh, it's it's got a million dollars in the prize pool. It's pretty smart. So they're so I'm they're fixing sure to lose a million dollars. Well, no, what they do right is they take out an insurance policy with a company like Society Insurance or something like that. Just like when they give away the car if somebody hits a hole in one, like it's not coming out of somebody's sure. pocket. They're just they're, they're probably paying like 150 grand to an insurance company to insure them for the one in or you know six percent chance or what you know they do the math. These guys, these insurance guys, are good at math, and they're just paying a flat fee up front, and it's advertising. So good on them. Does that make oh, you want to great... play the contest? It does. I mean, it kind of does. It, but it also makes me under. I want to maybe. You know, do I want to use him because? I, you know, if 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 he lo- if he wins. Sorry, if I, if I if I use him and he doesn't win. I'm already confused. I I, I can't even I can't even Double speak win. straight. I, what, what? Yeah, like Seems what? Like what do I do? I don't know what to him. do. Because then if he does win, like, you're covered. Like, you want to fade, right? But but you want to use him because he could could he could he win it. He could win it. Um, he could finish top five, and that would be a good result. Like, Tiger is kind of the, the guy that will drive me a little bit wild this week because I, I per- I've come to the conclusion, like, I believe that he's kind of been laying back so to speak, and that he's got his eye on this tournament, like he more than anyone else. And I think that's one other underrated thing about that Data Golf article is that once you get to be a guy who's played in eight Masters, ten Masters, you're at the point in your career where you actually do build your season around the majors. And so you are going to play above your average at a major championship once everything else is factored in, the strength of the field and stuff, is because these guys are playing to peak their seasons at these majors. Um, and they've got routines and stuff, that, and they build their schedule around that. So you're going to see that effect. Um, and I think Tiger, more than anyone right now, only cares about winning majors. And is he's playing the other tournaments to basically get ready for the majors. And I'll go on record as saying that I believe that he lost on purpose um, – at the Dell, so that he wouldn't have to stay there all weekend and play four extra rounds between Saturday and Sunday. And people are going to say, oh, no, but he went on camera and immediately showed disgust. You could see he was upset and said how badly he wanted to play the weekend at the Dell. And I mean, to me, that's even more evidence. Not like Tiger Woods is a bad actor. Like, he knows he can't just tank a tournament and not catch massive shit for it. But I swear, he was sitting there. And he was like, fuck this. I'm going to Augusta. Like, he doesn't give a flying fuck about winning the Dell. He doesn't give a fuck about the one mil. He doesn't need to play himself into compet- competitive, like, shape. He's going to say that on camera. But this dude, you're going to see, like, an extra 10 20% out of Tiger this week. That's my, that's my call. So I don't know. It feels like I'm going against the numbers because he kind of is salaried properly. But I guess, well, what do you think? Should we work him in this week, even though he's not an outlier based on the stats alone? 
Okay, well, yeah, little, you lost me a little bit because I, was, I wasn't I was sure if we're still talking about the FanDuel contest or if we're just talking about Tiger Woods now. Tiger in general, just in general fantasy play. Well, I think he, I think it's, I think it's within the realm of possibility that he was, was lying about his, his, uh, you know, or acting about, about being disappointed about not winning the Dell. I think it's, pl- it's possible that, that he was definitely uh, not trying to win that. And, and it's, my, 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 uh, my evidence for that would be the, the gambling lines for that. I, I actually placed a wager on it myself, uh, because they were pretty good odds. And we kind of joked about, well, he's not trying to win. And he won the first, uh, this is on like going into the weekend, right? Like the round, the round of 16. Yeah. And, you know, he won the first match and then I think he lost the second one, right? Anyways, uh, whatever. What, he he I didn't mean, win. He so won his first two and then lost. Okay, so he he won us the first two, but he didn't win the he whole thing, Roy and it was uh, a letdown. And lost to Lucas Bajergerger. 